Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The changes occurring at three weeks pre- and post-fresh mark major turning points in a cow's productive cycle. The psychological, metabolic, and nutritional transformations cows undergo are closely linked to production, postpartum diseases, and reproductive performance. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. Dr. Laura Hernandez of UW-Madison Animal and Dairy Science Department has been investigating ways to regulate the transition from pregnancy to lactation. She connects the dots between day-to-day on-farm practices and recent research findings. There are several metabolic disorders, so calcium, um, obviously homeostasis and how to manage that, whether it's through a DCAD diet or a clay binder diet or a low potassium diet, depending on what the the farm feels works best for them. Certainly managing that is really critical for calcium function. Um, Another thing that we talked about is body condition score. So we want to make sure that cows are not calving in at a very high body condition score because they will lose a lot of that to support um, milk production, and then they can end up with high non-esterified fatty acids or high beta-hydroxybutyrate, which we know also leads to issues later. Um, How do we manage that? Again, controlling energy is really important um, in those prepartum diets. And together they kind of come in a way that you could really have issues with immune function. So if you have low calcium, which is really important for immune cells, or you have too much energy, you could disrupt the ability of the cow to resolve things like mastitis, metritis. Um, and as a result of that, then they have lower fertility, or if they have an issue with a bad kind of mastitis, they might even have to leave the herd. So there's several things going on at once, which is tricky. So it's really kind of thinking about it more holistically. Can improvement of immune function and reduction of metabolic disorders improve that colostrum quality? Or how do these changes affect a cow's psychological, metabolic, and nutritional transformations throughout to help with that? Um, Immunoglobulins are obviously a part of the immune cycle, which is we want calves to have lots of immunoglobulins to support their immune function and evolution. Um, The hope is is that if the cow has better immune function during the prepartum period when she's making colostrum, um, that there would be more potential for those to be preferentially sent to the mammary gland um, so that we would have better colostrum quality. And that is what we're also looking at in terms of our study um, and hoping we can you know, show that. Um, And so it's kind of like a train wreck, right? You have low immune cells, low immunoglobulins, you're going to more than likely be set up to have a disease issue like metritis or mastitis because you don't have enough immune cells. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that contribute to that. And so it's not one thing or the other. And that's why, again, when you're thinking about managing a cow prepartum, you have to think about multifactorial things so that you can set the cow up to have good colostrum and good immune health. How does different managing practices affect these then? You kind of mentioned that. So can you explain what options there are that would benefit with this? For sure. So a big one that we know um, because calcium contributes to the activity, particularly of these innate immune things like neutrophils and phagocytosis capability of bacteria um, is managing calcium. 
Uh, so that could be whether you prefer a DCAT or you prefer a clay binder like an exolate. Uh, they all work, um, and they reduce um, subclinical hypocalcemia. Um, and I, I really think that's farm-specific, what works in your management strategy, but that's key. Like, having one of those things there, I think, is should be just kind of standard, if possible. Um, so that's one thing. The other, though, and we don't have an answer for this yet. The hope is that Tiago will figure it out in as many samples. Um, <laughs> we were looking at this data on Monday, and we're like, what it, what caused the low calcium in those high energy cows that were losing body condition? I don't have an answer for that yet. But it's one of the first times that we've actually looked at if you had high body condition or high energy, what happened to calcium? Most of the data is what's happening with low calcium and how that affects energy status. So I'm hopeful that we can sort out what the physiological things are going on that causes the low calcium in those fat cows. Um, and I think that that will add another layer to managing, you know, body condition in that late lactation period and obviously the dry period so that she's not calving in fat, um, which sets her up for really not good things. You mentioned that research. What is some of the current research that's going on regarding this observational versus manipulative studies? Or and you mentioned in the past they were kind of looking more at low calcium and how that affects energy. Now the opposite spectrum. How do these research studies compare? And so that was what led us to do this, actually. Um, so when we were looking through all the associations, there's high energy problems with pregnancy there's low calcium problems with pregnancy why like what is actually happening to the cow that's causing that you know are they really cause and effect or are they just associative um, so this study that was one of our aims was to figure out if we manipulated the energy could we like then tell what happened to the immune cells what happened to the ener energy going what happened to the calcium that caused some of these issues so a lot of blood samples that he's analyzing right now to kind of pick that apart and similarly we did a study where we were looking specifically at manipulating calcium prepartum and looking at a lot of the you know the outcomes as well so that we can maybe try to see where the connection is um in our studies, we don't have lots of cows because it's impossible to do this sort of study with 200 cows. One, um, it's a very intense study. He essentially lived at the farm for 10 months. And two, it's very cost-heavy because we have to analyze so many samples. Um, and so being able to do a study where they go out and they just say, like, I fed this cow this and this cow that, and there's 500 in each group, and now I'm just looking at pregnancy pre-I, we can't. There are different types of studies, so we're trying to pick apart some of that. How do the day-to-day -day practices and those research findings then, how are those connected now? And I guess what are the steps moving forward? Why? What should farmers take away from this? Well, one thing for sure I would say is like management of calcium, got to do that. And then we're hoping that we're able to give an answer on the energetics. Like if you do X, you know, and modulate your energy during that late lactation period, hopefully Y is, is that you have this improved situation and that you could do some manipulations there. Um, and then, I mean, this is just kind of a like off the cuff sort of thing, but I also then think particularly when we had those cows that just stopped producing milk, it might be a way to help gradual dry off as well. Like then you're not having to do an abrupt 
like cessation of lactation, which we know can also lead to mastitis problems potentially. Um, so it might help in that way. Um, that that was not our like hypothesis or question, but when that happened, we were like, oh, okay, so they just stop making milk and they're just going to layer it on the fat. So um, we're trying to to sort out some of these things, and we hope to have some additional findings as a result of some of the surprises that occurred, like even the cows that would not get fat, even though their starch was through the roof. Our goal really uh, in our in our research is to understand the details so that when someone offers something to a farmer that we can actually say, yeah, this works because of this and like it's worth doing or not worth doing because associations, like I said, could mean nothing and we might be doing something that isn't worthwhile and not cost effective so um, and not managerial effective even. So that's the goal is if, to understand the why so we make sure what we're telling people we know for sure that it's doing something that's positive. That was Dr. Laura Hernandez of UW-Madison Animal and Dairy Science Department. You can learn more about her research at laurahernandezlab.dysci.wisc.edu. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.